0: Welcome on in. Welcome on in to the Leadership Podcast. The Leadership Podcast is where we will explore transformational power of personal leadership. We're going to deep dive into conversation with influential leaders, experts, and change makers who are reshaping the way we lead and inspire others. Our goal here on the Leadership Podcast is simply to influence, inspire, and empower men to make the shift in their personal leadership by becoming the best version of themselves, we will share tools, tips, and resources to ignite self-awareness and authenticity. It's all about helping men become more effective and impactful in their leadership. Get ready. The shift is about to take place. It's the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. Fellas, welcome to another episode of the Leadership Podcast. I'm your boy, Dwayne Roberts. On the Leadership Podcast, our goal is to influence, inspire, and ignite men to make this shift in their personal leadership by becoming the best version of themselves and unlocking true potential. It's here we share tools, tips, and resources to ignite self-awareness and authenticity. I want to say thank you for taking a vital step to becoming the best version of you. On today's episode of the Leadership Podcast, we're talking with Lonnie Gregory. He's committed to helping others be better at what they have been asked to do. Family, help me give a warm virtual welcome to my friend, Lonnie Gregory. What's happening, Mr. Lonnie? How you doing, my friend?
1: Mine. I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to have a conversation with you about the things that I do and things I believe
0: in. Um, listen, we know you're you no know, stranger here to the Leadership Podcast. Uh, we had you on a few weeks ago uh, and we are ecstatic about having you back, right? So for those people who may not know who Mr. Lonnie Gregory is, my friend, take a moment, um, introduce yourself and share with the people how you like to serve.
1: It's always an interesting undertaking when, when you're asked to introduce yourself. like what part of you do you want to share you know is it the part that is full of dream and ambition and aspiration and determination and goal and focus or you know is it the 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 person that is you know a little hesitant a little scared a little reluctant uh sometimes overwhelmed uh is that really young person who's just grown up to learn a lot of things right um so I'm a combination of all those things, even in this moment, I'll introduce myself based upon that perspective. You know, the first thing I always like to tell people, Dwayne, or or fit in somehow is the fact that I'm a first generation American. Uh, My my sisters and I are are the first folks born in this country. Our parents are Jamaican. Uh, I often tell my folks, you know, I was robbed of my birthright. I should have been born in Jamaica. (laughs) Um, but. Uh, the reason why I say that, because it is important, right, to, to my am, the way I am, I, I attribute in in great form and fashion uh, to my parents and, and to my culture and to, to how I grew up. Uh, another thing I like to tell folks is I'm a grandfather, right? My actual claim to fame is three wonderful children and four absolutely great grandchildren, right? Because that's what it's about at, at this point in life, you know, that that legacy and, and the lessons and the love, the care and attention you want to give to young people You do what it is that you've been asked to do because that would be a reflection of the best version of yourself. And you know, I chose that, that mantra, so to speak, because it really does identify uh, with my purpose. I, I know why I'm on the planet. I'm on the planet to help people do what they've been asked to do through learning and development, you know, coaching, consulting, and, and creating environments uh, that they can thrive in both at home and at work in the communities, uh, wherever they happen to be. And,
0: and when they're in a position to be of service to others. I love that. I mean, uh, and you're right. I think in so many essence, we don't realize, um, how we connected you know um as far as maybe our, we may not have the exact identical purpose It may not be the the exact people we trying to reach but the overall arc and goal is how do we help individuals become the best version of themselves man that's real good um so through coaching talk speaking i know you you, you do some speaking what what's your specialty when it comes to helping people become the best version of themselves
1: um And in asking that question, I've got to remove, you know, so much of my ego from just doing the things that I like to do, want to do, know that I'm good at doing, you know, generate a laugh here and there. Uh, But when I really think about if I can make a difference in the world, and that would be to what I call normalizing this conversation around bias. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, bias is a word that people recognize. And they use, they believe they understand it, but my experience suggests something just a little bit different. It's a word not totally understood. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, if I were to claim and say, Dwayne, I you're biased, you might recoil and look at me and say, "I ain't biased, you biased, right?" Or I don't have a biased bone in my body, or you know something like that. Well, the truth of the matter is bias is a brain function. It's not a malfunction. (laughs) It's a normal part of how we process information. But folks (laughs) don't know that. They're not hip to that. And what's fortunate or unfortunate, depending upon the circumstances, is bias does contribute Mm. to how we all make decisions right? They, they are amongst the first influential f- factors as we process information. This function that's called bias uh, is a part of that decision-making process. So if we're not careful, we'll make decisions that are replete with biases or typical responses to stimulus and not be critical about how we're responding, right? Not identifying with self first. So, you know, the the thing that I'm working on the most right now is this ideal around normalizing this conversation around bias. I introduce bias as another four letter word, just the type of four letter words you're accustomed to, uh, and that it should be embraced and not replaced.
0: Instances. Yes, we are biased. Um, And I'm just thinking, um, and and I I understand you mean this from a personal view, point of view, right? Um, We don't think we have it have challenges. Uh we especially men, you know, let me just dress this up for men, right? When I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about being um healthily, um healthy, healthy masculinity. That's what I'm thinking about, oh. like from a men's point of view. And many men think they are are healthy in their approach of how they see their world, their their worldview. Um what yeah, feels b- good to them, what they think is right. Too. Um can but be biased this is, is what I'm understanding. Because you know, a long time ago when we used to change, um, say, uh, chase saber-toothed
1: tigers and other what predators, they think see about right? themselves. you know, Is caveman days, we like to bias. refer to it as early ancestral days. That sounds a little better than caveman days. Uh, you know, we were forced, you know, in, to be in a situation, an environment where we were not sure about the types of predators that were out there bias serves a particular function to shortcut mm-hmm. the necessity to figure out if, if something is good for us or bad for us, you know, a friend or a foe, uh, safe or dangerous, uh, supportive or non-supportive. Uh, and so bias helps us to make that decision. Certainly when we come across a saber-toothed tiger, we can't take the time to say, "Ooh, here, kitty, kitty, mm-hmm. are you going to eat me? right? Something in our bodies has to prepare us to uh, avert that potential danger. Now, if you translate that idea into something that is still prevalent in how our brains functions, it will serve to protect us from the types of harms, even those harms that are self-inflicted. A lot of denial comes about because of this Necessity to protect us. So, bias serves as a protection function first and foremost. And it does so with physical objects and psychological objects, mm-hmm. right? That the brain doesn't know the difference. But if it perceives a certain set of stimulus or circumstances or just how you are today as being threatening to your well being, it will evoke a preference for one type of action over another and it is a brain function. It's not something that we can control. It's something that occurs automatically, intentionally, on purpose, without reservation in support of of maintaining the rest
0: of us. Unlock your true potential with the Leadership Community, where we empower men to embrace self-awareness and authenticity. Introducing the Leadership Community where we believe in helping men become the best version of themselves. It all starts with self-awareness and we encourage men to take a step back, pause and reflect on their thoughts, emotions and behavior. Embrace their authenticity and break free from societal expectations. Here are just a few testimonies from individuals. Leadership helped me develop self-awareness and embrace my authentic self. And now I feel more confident and fulfilled. Question. Are you ready to unlock your potential? If so, join the leadership community today and embark on a transformation of journey of self-discovery and personal growth. Leadership empowers men to become the best version of themselves through self-awareness and authenticity. You can learn more about the leadership community by visiting the webpage page
1: Now, what's fortunate about that, we can recognize that, we can understand that, and we can also understand what I call our susceptibility to bias. Now, how does that relate to, to men and how they function? Well, first of all, it relates to every individual and how they function. But for men, yeah, there would be certain types of biases. And again, the, these are... Mental shortcuts that have been identified, scientifically identified, or at least postulated, right? We we think this is what's happening, right? Um so so we, we have these these conditions, and, and then we're going to respond to these conditions. Now, if we're not honest, then our, our minds kind of say, well, okay, here's a set of circumstances similar to one I had previously experienced. And, and because I've responded one way the first time, my brain says, okay, this is how you did it that time. Here's how you're going to do it this time. And, and it happens so rapidly. Um, but we do have the opportunity to stop that automatic response and kind of reflect and say, hey, you know, I understand I'm feeling this way, but why am I feeling this way? How is that going to impact my behavior? And more importantly, Dwayne, having a, a job interview if you. that that I'm trying to hook up with, right? (laughs) Whatever that situation, my best friends, you know, these types of things, our brain just recognizes patterns and finds the shortest route to a solution. And that short route isn't necessarily the right route, but it is a short route designed to keep us safe. So we got to be on top (laughs) of that. Men in particular have to be on top of that.
0: I, I see. I, I, I like what you're sharing here about biases and um, how they serve to protect us, much how the brain serves to protect us. But um, bias. I w- the question I want to raise here is how how are the biases created? And I think you you tapped on that just a little bit. A lot of that is just past experience, um, our current environment or how we grew up, things of that nature that create these biases that serve to protect us.
1: But the the, the real question is, it actually is just the understanding that there is a brain function that's called bias.
0: Oh, it is an actual brain function that's called yes, bias. Yes, it's an oh. actual
1: brain function. There's a part of the brain that's called the amygdala. you know okay. to yep, go down f- the biology path. I'm, I'm familiar. am there's a portion of the brain that what it does, it regulates emotion. It, it's a part of our emotional regulation system. Absolutely. But what it functions to do, as I suggested, was to create a shortcut in our ability and opportunity to respond to stimulus. So what what scientists have done, they they figured out there are particular types of stimulus, meaning just situations, right? Just stuff that we encounter every day in business, in life, socially, professionally. and, And these are particular types of stimulus, right? So like for instance, you ever have a job and it's time for your performance review?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and and you go in there and, and you got something going on in your heart or in your head. But this ideal of the performance review is a particular set of stimulus. Mm-hmm. Or buying a new car would represent another set of stimulus. Meeting a person for the first time, another set of stimulus. Uh, participating in that weekly status report meeting at work, right, would be another set of stimulus. The family reunion <laughs> is another set of stimulus. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and so, what happens is scientists have said, given a set of stimulus, our brains will, can respond in particular ways. And they've named these things. And what we learn to understand is each of us are susceptible to a particular type of bias based upon the set of stimulus that we're currently engaged in Mm. long long story short, you know, as you and I had talked about previously, it's all about being self-aware.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: all it is. We, we can shortcut all the science and everything else and just ask yourself, ask yourself the question, why am I responding the way that I am responding? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel the way that I'm feeling? What can I identify with myself and if I respond as my brain is telling me to respond, right, how is that going to impact the other person? You know, Dwayne, you ever been involved in a situation where, you know, you need to have a conversation <laughs> with somebody and you rehearse what you're going to say and what they're going to say? <laughs> and we create this conversation in our minds. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, That's
1: sir. a function of, of bias. Oh, wow. This ability to tell ourselves a story that isn't necessarily true is because we're responding to a set of stimulus or a potential set of stimulus that we've reponded, responded to similarly. The brain recognizes that pattern and says, OK, this is what we're doing right now. I know how to do this. <laughs> and, and you go there without the opportunity to kind of stop, pause, reflect and understand self.
0: I love that i love that and and it makes so much sense now now i, I got to admit i didn't know that it was the part of the brain it was actually called uh, uh, bias well,
1: yeah so the part of the brain that regulates bias mm-hmm. is called the amygdala and bias is the function that is performed with you know that amygdala yeah. thing in yeah. other parts of the brain again it, we we don't want to go into the science Folks just need to know your your brain is trying to hook you up, right? yeah, 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 and Sometimes yeah, yeah. it doesn't do the right thing by you because it thinks it's keeping you safe, but we we know that the brain is just responding automatically, and we then have to take over and ask ourselves the questions: Why am I feeling this way? What does this mean? How is it impacting
0: others? So I, I like that. So this this the stimulus it kind of it all. I guess in some in some sense of the form, um, I want to say regulates behavior. You know, it's yeah okay. So I I hit it right on the head, huh? It's going to regulate emotions. We're going to filter that those thoughts and processes, and to the place and point we interpret what's going on, and therefore we get a reaction.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, here's what's very interesting. You and I are in a room, right? We're we're going to the uh, status report meeting. So you and I are receiving the same stimulus. By the way, we contribute to that stimulus. We're a part of that environment, but we're receiving the same stimulus. That doesn't mean we're going to respond similarly. So each one of us has a suspect, a susceptibility. Uh, a predilection for responding to stimulus differently or different degrees of bias, right? So some folks, depending upon the bias that we're actually talking about, like I said, scientists have come up with names and categories for these things. Some folks are highly susceptible to a particular type of bias informed by a particular set of circumstances, and other folks are less likely. So we each have to understand our susceptibility to biases given a set of conditions and circumstances again we remove the science you having a conversation with your you know your partner your beloved other right and and you know the same stimulus we will respond differently to that that's why they came up with men are from mars women are from venus type of thing (laughs) and actually we all from the same planet We just respond differently to different things. And we just have to identify that with one another, be open to understanding that that is true, and then work our way through why, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? How am I impacting you? How are you impacting me? What do we do differently to? To understand the situation that we're in,
0: that, that's so good, um, and I, I think that's an important element too. I mean, what we and you say scientists come up with these different names. Um, I I immediately go to em, um, emotional intelligence. Um, the f- mm. the the four uh, um, fastest, you know, um, relational management, social. Well, I'm saying them out of order, but uh, s- social awareness, um, self awareness, and right. I think. Uh, Communi- if, it's, if it was a communication or something of that nature? That, the-
1: yeah, that, that is a component of being emotionally intelligent is to communicate your awareness or lack thereof, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And, and your awareness of others or, or lack thereof. And, and when you attempt to articulate that you understand somebody, that is a sign of being emotional intelligence. And, and by the way, that is either understanding or not understanding. That is a sign of emotional intelligence. But I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up. So one of the biggest components around emotional intelligence, of course, is this ideal of self-awareness. Absolutely. And that's why understanding bias is really important. Because, you know, you probably heard this. We, we, we are emotional creatures living a physical experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not... <laughs> not not a a physical creature living an emotional experience we we provide the emotions we were given that talent that blessing that opportunity to feel and explore and engage with self and with others right and so that's the first thing that occurs it's just not always the right thing to occur Mm. so this idea of being emotionally intelligent says i'm going to be very deliberate about understanding how i'm responding to stimulus How I'm responding to you, how I'm responding to to her, how I'm responding to them, how I'm responding to it. And I'm going to stop, engage, and assess myself so I can make better decisions. Now, associated with this ideal of emotional intelligence is another idea that, that I'm a huge fan and proponent of, and that's the ideal of empathy. Absolutely. You know? Empathy is one of these words that, you know, is is kind of always situated with a similar word, sympathy. Mm -hmm. But but they are two different concepts. Sympathy literally means that I can identify with you because I've been through the same thing you've been through. So, for instance, my my pops, he he passed away in uh, May of 2015, right? So when you encounter somebody that says, I've lost my father, I can sympathize with that person because we have the same experience. Empathy is a little different. Empathy says that I can acknowledge your experience without sympathizing because I don't share it. So like for instance, my mom, God bless her, 97 years old, she's still with us, right? So someone says, you know, I lost my mother. I can say, "Wow. I don't I can't understand how you're feeling." but I'm there for you if you need anything. That's because I can identify, I have not lost a mother. I can't legitimately sympathize, but I can absolutely empathize. Here's what's interesting about empathy, Dwayne. Empathy is both a, a skill and a trait. Hmm. Now, some of us have an abundance of empathy, right? We, we, we cry at old Lassie movies or <laughs> you know, we watch TV. Till till this day, when I hear the Star Spangled Banner, I stop what I'm doing. I take my hat off, put it on, put it on my chest. You know that type of thing. I'm I'm empathetic uh, uh, to to that. Uh, other people are, are not necessarily empathetic. They don't have that natural sense. However, if you treat empathy as a skill, as a talent, as a competency, you can come up with empathetic responses as appropriate in the circumstance that you're in empathy is one of these these uh, silent tools that help build relationship to be able to empathize to acknowledge another's lived experience which by the way is true for them <laughs> right it may not yeah. be true for you yeah. but it's true for them when you can acknowledge another's lived experience you're demonstrating empathy you build a relationship. You solve problems a lot sooner.
0: Man, that's so good and 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 so needed, right? Because oftentimes, uh, I don't I don't think we have the emotional intelligence to tell the difference between sympathy and 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 empathy, right? Uh, and to and just to to ensure that I. I, I do understand myself. I'm pretty, pretty versed in this, right? But I sympathize with you in your loss of your father, you know? Um, so I, I, I definitely um, sympathize in that area. So there's an understanding of what you may be feeling when it comes to the loss. Um, exactly. It may be even hurt and, um, during that time and what you may be experiencing moving for, forward, you know? Um, how, how important is it for men to really develop this skill? empathy because um, sometimes we don't often practice it and what what you you said it I heard you say it it's really for about building stronger relationships building better connection pieces exactly you know and so if we if we continue to uh, move in this space without developing this skill um, what what's some 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 outcomes um, that we can expect? And what should what we should be we be aware of, and how can we navigate that space to becoming better? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, as opposed to addressing it from what happens if we don't, let, let's address it from what happens when we do. Okay. Right. So, if if you're intentional about being empathetic, let's say you identify yourself as one of these people that isn't naturally empathetic but you say to yourself, even almost as an experiment, I'm going to attempt to be more empathetic, the responses that you come up with, which would be the initial response based upon your susceptibility to some bias, will be more open. And it would be based upon inquiry as opposed to just like just regular questions. In other words, if you're intentional about being empathetic, You speak differently. Mm -hmm. You ask more questions that are relevant to another as opposed to self. Mm -hmm. Remember, as I said, you ever you know you gonna have a conversation,
0: fellas. Why do you keep allowing what you think get in the way of what's in your heart to accomplish? Stop putting off till tomorrow what you can accomplish today. Go ahead, book your free, fiercely execute breakthrough call with us today, so we can connect you to a community of men who understand your challenges and do life with you as a man, husband, father, and leader, all without judgment, shame, or rejection. Simply connect with a community of men who desire to become the best version of themselves and walk in their god-given purpose available times are limited so book your call today be sure to head over to duanehroberts.com or check for the link in the description
1: conversation with somebody you start creating this dialogue in your mind well the same thing happens like in immediate conversations uh, particularly at, at at work or in personal relationships a statement is made now, you can either have a sympathetic response or a non-sympathetic response, or you can have an empathetic response. By the way, and, and oftentimes, empathetic responses are more useful. When you, when you pose something empathetically, you get back richer responses, and that opens up the dialogue, when you pose something more sympathetically or neutrally, it kind of shuts down the conversation and it shuts down the dialogue. Hmm. So that, that's one of the reasons why you want to be more empathetic. And again, the ideal of being empathetic is the the next step in being self-aware to understanding your susceptibility to bias, because you'll you'll feel that initial response that initial response will translate into something that you want to say at that point, you just got to ask yourself the question, is that the right thing to say right now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So you really have to, you really have to be mindful of, of, of of yourself as well as others. Is this the right thing to say? Is that the right response? Um, Will it can, will it still ignite the conversation, so to speak? um, So we can build the connection.
1: Exactly. Dude, you, you hit it. Exactly right. The The whole purpose is, can I maintain conversation? Right. Can I maintain the dialogue? Am I going to say anything that's going to shut down the dialogue? And, and that's what you want to avoid. Now, now, by the way, it doesn't mean that you force fit these things. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes folks not trying to listen. <laughs> right? <laughs> sometimes folks are, are, are not engaging. Because again, they're they're responding to stimulus and bias based upon their own susceptibility.
0: No, so, so so I like that because now it makes me raise the question because there's a there's a, another element there, um, and you you call it st- stimulus, but to the tail end of that is the behavior. There, doesn't behavior res- uh, play a factor in? Well, yeah, in how conversation, yeah, how yeah. things gonna flow? Um, well, that's
1: the whole point. So, again, there's a a train, an elevation, an evolution to behavior. The beginning of that evolution is stimulus. Right. So, an entity is receiving a set of stimulus. It processes that stimulus with consideration for their past experiences and their belief systems and their mindset. That thing, those things then contribute to their beliefs their beliefs contribute to their attitudes. Their attitudes, when demonstrated, is what behavior is. That's, that's the definition of behavior, a demonstrated attitude. Hmm. So you, you've got that whole chain. So you're, you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it culminates in how am I behaving? But here's the catch. It's how am I behaving towards you or towards him or her or towards them. How am I responding to this circumstance, and and it, it's done so based upon these factors.
0: And and uh, okay, so and, and so now to I I give I get I gotta glean a little bit more on this biases too, bi- bias behavior, because if I'm not considering you, <laughs> and I'm one dimensional and it's about me, then we never connect. We we never <laughs> we never connect. <laughs> We never connect. So that, that answer that, that answers some 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 uh some questions for, for me when I think about some of the relationships um um that I, I try to build. Um it's because oftentimes um maybe I didn't I was I didn't show or express enough empathy to keep the conversation going. Bingo. I l- oh my gosh. Lonnie man, that's good right there, bro. That's real good. Bingo.
1: See, and you know what the deal is, Dwayne, somehow there, there's this gap between what, you know, just ordinary regular folk, me and you, right? And like with, with the scientists, the people that I read and study all, all the time, there is gap between the knowledge that's available to us about these concepts and, and how we access that knowledge and use that knowledge, so again, my, my thing is can can I make this stuff accessible and, and normal, right? This like we say, it's not rocket science. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's human science. And if you human, you know, you should probably want to know a little bit about that. Right. So that's how I want to approach these things. Again, I have deep appreciation, respect. Uh You know, for our social scientists, our cognitive sciences, you know, these people with with PhDs, because they they actually do the work. They go figure this thing out. And then they share it with the world. But, Dwayne, I don't think you got the email that said, hey, here's the latest (laughs) on how to get along. Right?
0: I don't think nobody get that email. Right. And if we did, we probably overlooked it anyway because it didn't mention me. You know, right
1: exactly. It, it, didn't, it so, wasn't talking that's about That's my me. thing, man. I'm just trying to normalize some of these ideas, share them with people so they can be better at what it is that they need to get done, you know, whether that's professionally or personally.
0: That's good. Right?
1: Understanding things like bias, like emotional intelligence, empathy, these are critical just to being better folk. Uh, and then when you're really deliberate about it, it translates professionally. You, you build deeper working relationships and, and you get a lot more
0: done. So good. So you mentioned a few books. What's some books out there some men can can gravitate to? Simple reads that not too over their head or too deep uh, where they can just, glean, you know, glean um, some, some basics about the brain and maybe uh, um, emotional intelligence and things of that nature, how they can better connect.
1: Yeah. So certainly there's uh, there's emotional intelligence 2.0. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, one. Folks, folks want to read that book. It's an easy read. It's full of good stories and illustrations. And by the way, when you purchase the book, there is actually an opportunity to go take the emotional intelligence quotient, the, the actual test, the, the assessment, the examination, which will give you feedback to suggest the degree to which you are emotionally intelligent. Um so you know it's a two for one. You get that book, right? You got all this information you can read, makes perfect sense, and you can take the assessment and you'll get direct feedback instantaneously yeah. about how you are. Uh one of the other books, and, and, and Dwayne, you and I talked about this uh last time, is To Be a Man.
0: Oh yeah. Mm,
1: mm, mm. You uh you know, men men often joke that we, we don't come with an instruction manual, right? <laughs> You know, certainly those of, of many religious faiths and, and persuasions would say that their, their their holy book or their book is full of instructions and guidance and directions, and I don't disagree with that. I think that is true. But this this book, To Be a Man, cuts to the chase and says, here are some of the things that that men experience, and it, it challenges this notion of what does manhood really mean. The, the interesting thing about the book is that you don't necessarily have to agree with everything it says, but as a set of stimulus, Dwayne, right. As a set of stimuli, it gives you an opportunity to go, Hmm, is this me? <laughs> right. Did, did, I experience that? Is that how I'm is that how I'm conducting myself? Is that how I see the world? Is this a part of my worldview? Right. So reading that book just gives you the opportunity to say, yep, I get it. I get it. Oh, I didn't know that was going down. So so let me give you an example. There's a chapter in the book, To Be a Man, um, talks about shame. Mm -hmm. Now, shame is is an emotion, right? So we we talked about the thing that regulates emotion. Um, That's the amygdala. Mm -hmm. So if you had experiences in your past, which you are feeling less than admirable about, right? (laughs) And, and, you know, I think we've all have done things that we're not entirely proud of that we have yet to come to terms with. We have disappointed others and in, in self. We've hurt people, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, and then, you know, later we reflect upon this and we feel poorly about it. It creates that emotion called shame. Now, as an emotion, as we encounter different types of stimuli, we present the opportunity for this emotion of shame to rise, right? To elevate where it is in our lives at the time. And that informs, as you suggested, rightfully so, our behavior. So in understanding the ideal of shame, where it may reside for us, depending upon our past experiences, it is one of the critical aspects of this book, hmm. right? So I highly recommend it just for that chapter, in and of itself.
0: Who who's the author uh to, to be a man?
1: Yeah, the the author you, uh, you
0: don't know off the top of your head. Oh no baby. I, I
1: do. Give me give me one second. Yeah. I just we'll go pull it out. I just got it right here. In fact you, you may notice I've rearranged the a, a office little bit. a little bit yep, so I, I had noticed this in the last place. <laughs> so here, here's the book to be a man. Hmm um, it is by Robert Augustus Masters, Ph.D. Okay. You know, it's about uh, a little less than 300 pages. Um, it is it is phenomenal. You, you can see, I don't know if you can see this, but I've, I've got it marked up. I've taken notes in it. Yeah. I've got stuff underlined and highlighted. Because it does give you an opportunity to say, let me check myself out. It's one other thing I'd like to share with you, Dwayne, about this book. Uh, A group of men, including myself, it was eight of us. We went down this path to go read this book together as a group and and learn from it and from each other as we discussed the various chapters. Uh, And I, I think that's also significant for men. And that's why I'm grateful for for your show and the work that you're doing. And that's because men need a venue to express themselves with other men to understand where men are, what men do. Absolutely. And and, and what that looks like. And so the group that I was a part of or am a part of is called E8. A little background about E8 E8 is the chess designation where the black king resides on the chessboard <laughs> right and and so as kings as as, as men are, are kings right we we have to understand what that really means at mm-hmm. least explore that in a very deliberate way so I, i've given this book to, to my son i recommended it to others a uh, critical piece of reading
0: so now hold on lonnie I, I want to move on, but you just left a, you ain't, you didn't finish the statement. How does the king, what's the importance of the king, the E8 position? What should men know about that?
1: Well, metaphorically or physilo- uh, philosophically speaking, right? The, the king has dominion, right? The, the king is in charge. The king rules. The king should be wise, right? The king should be fair. The king should be just. The king should be steady, Mm. the king should be powerful so we we chose that name to represent the things that we aspire to yeah not necessarily the things that we are right Mm -hmm. but you know just to understand more about the responsibility of of being a man and then using the metaphor the man as king um and I will also suggest that there is lessons that we learned even as, as we maintain that metaphor while the the king is the prize on the chessboard the king is not the most powerful piece on the chessboard
0: Come on that hey.
1: designation belongs to the queen Come on Now if your queen going to protect you take out folks at long distance, right? <laughs> Step in harm's way on your behalf <laughs> or even sacrifice herself, then you need to be man enough to allow that to happen. Mm. See, you don't get to be a king without a queen.
0: Come on. That's real good. I love that. Um, There's so much more here, man, that I, I love to tap on, and I, I know we won't be able to hit, hit it all, um, let's see. Let me think of my next question here for you. You talked about shame to be a man. There was one question I and I, I didn't jot it down. Oh, hold on. Nope. Oh, I think I hit that one too. You know, I got my notes jibbled. I'm thinking, so we talk stimulus, right? How here, there, there's the question. It just came back. How is it, How important is it for us as men to really understand and unpack ourselves when it comes to um, developing into who we need to become as being the best version of ourselves. How important yeah. is that? You
1: know, it, here, here's something that I practice all the time. When, when I'm thinking about doing something, I just stop and ask, do, do I need to do this right now? <laughs> of course, mm. is this something important? Is this going to get me any further in support of my purpose or what I'm supposed to be doing to achieve outcomes that I said were important to me, right? You just just stop and ask yourself the question. Um, There's also things that that we know about stimulus. So like, for instance, I could say to myself, it's Friday night. I just got paid. The club is jumping right. (laughs) Um, I'm headed downtown.
0: Did did you just hit a lyric on us?
1: (laughs) I used to enjoy Friday nights. I still enjoy Friday nights. But, but here's the deal. Depending upon what it is that you're trying to get done in life, you now say to yourself, well, I know what happens at the club. I know that set of stimulus.
0: Mm.
1: Is that the set of stimulus I, I want to be engaged in right now? Mm. See, and, and that's how I like to think of it. See, it, it's really not about going to the club. It's about how am I going to respond, self and others, while there? Will, will I partake in the activity? Like how deep of the stimulus, how intense of the stimulus am I going to, to be engaged with? And then you get to make a choice. you like, nah, you know what? I'm not, yo, y'all, y'all go ahead without me.
0: I ain't going to make it. I, I like I that, but I, do, I think it right? take. I think I think it's another step there too, Lonnie too, and and I think it's because you have clarity about who you are. Um, Indeed, you know, if you if you don't have that clarity about who you are, um, you can't you can't stop and ask the question, is this what I need I need to be doing right now? Because yeah, well,
1: absolutely right, um,
0: right. From from a from a toxic masculinity point of view. Uh, we if we if we don't know where we're going in life, we just we like all we just like floating. I, I literally I, I literally put up I put out a, um, a, a post today about that. And that was that um, life is like almost floating in a boat. You know, you can just get in the boat and, and let the current take you wherever. And life can be the the same way if you're not clear on your purpose, if you don't have a true vision for life. And so being able to stop and ask yourself the question, I think you you have to be very clear on where life is leading you for you to be able to make uh, a healthy, um, masculine and stimulant decision to say, you know what? Y'all go without me today.
1: Right. And that's exactly right. And it all goes back to to what you said. Can, can I be self aware? <laughs> can Can I understand these things about me so I'm making better decisions? Uh, and, and you know, we 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 get it wrong sometimes, Dwayne. You know, we we mess up. We we don't always make the right decisions. When would how, how would that show title up? To that feedback,
0: how how do how, if if we would how would we make a bad decision if there was clarity? Would there be a
1: that's that's life. <laughs> yeah, that's life.
0: I like that. That's, okay.
1: That's that's the paradox. Yeah. Right. Circumstances change. Situations change. New information is acquired. Mm. Information that you previously believed to be true is now suddenly not true, or less true, or
0: mm.
1: not to the extent or degree that you thought it was. So true. Right. Uh, and then there's also just this necessity to reconcile how you're responding to what gets you a better outcome. Mm. All right, so you, you you can make adjustments. Again, uh being a man is not a destination. It's it's a it's a it's a journey. Now, as cliche as that sounds, when you stop becoming a man, <laughs> you 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 stay where you are. When you stop becoming a woman, you stay where you are. When when you stop becoming, right? This this uh the ideal of always in that to be state. So notice that's, it's not that it one percent better. I am a man, mm-hmm. right? It says to be a man. So to be is a transitive verb. It, it, it's continuous. It just doesn't stop. So you always ask yourself the question.
0: No, that's good. I love that, Lenny. Man, this is great, brother. Um, I truly appreciate you taking time for us again. Um, Listener, I, I promise you, it won't be your last time either. Uh, I really, I really enjoy the conversation, man, um, and I enjoy what you're doing. Listen, close us out with this. Uh, give, give the people a word of encouragement, then share with them how they can learn more about what you do and how you serve, bro.
1: Wow, a, a word of encouragement. Um, so again, I, I'm, I'm a, a trainer, a, a person that that trains. Um, supports people through training, what I call interventions, where I design programs to treat stimulus differently or account for it differently to make better decisions. So that's what I do at a very high level, you know, but just on a regular I, I, I always got to go back to what you introduced, this ideal of emotional intelligence. It's critical. Now, you know, again, it, it sounds, perhaps it sounds odd or it sounds foo-foo. Or it's like, man, I ain't, I ain't doing that. <laughs> that. That's for them, right? It, it, it really is uh, for the man that is aspiring or, or just for the individual that, that is aspiring to be, as you said, when you opened the show, the best versions of themselves, Right. So if you really want to be the best version of yourself, you got to first understand the current version of yourself. And then you have to be receptive to what's going on on the inside as as you are the recipient of the the various stimuli throughout your day. And, and, you know, when relationships are important to you, you put the emphasis where you need to. You know, I have a coaching model, Dwayne called I Care, and it really asks about three things. It says, I care about me, I care about others, I care about the work that I'm doing, right? The the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And and so if if you look at it from that perspective, you just repeatedly ask yourself the question, what is it that I care about right now? What am I gonna do about that? So that's what I would like to leave with folks. Just ask yourself that question. What do I care about right now? What am I willing to do about it? How can I understand myself? How can I not do harm to others and be in relationship with folks?
0: Good stuff. I truly appreciate it, Lonnie. Listen, fellas, don't miss the opportunity to go yourself. Go check out what Lonnie's doing. You can find him on LinkedIn as well as check out uh iRise Performance Consultant. You need some work in your life. You know, you you're looking for a coach? You need you need you need to you want to learn something? Listen. Go ahead, connect with uh, Lonnie. I care. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Never miss an opportunity to grow yourself, guys. Rock with us each and every Thursday for a new episode of the Leadership Podcast. Um, I'm your boy, Dwayne Roberts. As you always hear me say, realize that you have everything you need to take your life to the next level. It's simply because your success is in your hands. Have a phenomenal day with purpose, and God bless Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. We hope you found inspiration and practical wisdom that will help you in your leadership journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. We love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Remember, true leadership begins with you. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is having positive influence on others. Keep shifting. Keep growing. Keep leading with purpose. You can stay connected with Dwayne Roberts on all the social media platforms or by visiting our website, DwayneHRoberts.com. We want to say thank you. Remember, remember, You have everything you need to make the leaders shift in your life. That's because your success is in your hands. Till next time. God bless.